Good morning, and it's good to be with you. And um, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Acts chapter 13. We're going to read from verse 13 through to verse 39. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga and Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga, they went on to Pisidia Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel, and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. He endured their conduct for about 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled for 40 years. After removing Saul. He made David their king. He testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Saviour, Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you think I am? Am I not that one? No, but he is coming after me, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, children of Abraham, and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet, in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath through Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had travelled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. And they are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our fathers, he has fulfilled for us their children by raising up Jesus as it is written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have become your father. The fact that God raised him from the dead, never to decay, is stated in these words. I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is stated elsewhere, you will not let your holy ones see decay. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and he was buried with his fathers, and his body decayed. But the one who God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. 
Let's pray as we have a look at this passage together. Father, we do thank you again for your word and we thank you that we can gather around it this morning. Uh, some of us at home and others who are actually meeting in church, but we thank you that we can be united in you. And we ask that you lead us in this passage as you speak to us through it. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this passage that we've got here uh, in Acts 13, um, you're probably quite familiar with these words, but it's good for us to have a look at them again. You see, right at the start of the reading here, we have Paul's disappointment, a disappointment brought on by John Mark leaving so early on on this Paul's first missionary journey. How do you think he felt? I'm sure that Paul at this point felt discouraged. I'm sure he felt let down. But let's read on and see what we can learn from this passage. So first of all, let's look at verse 13 through to 15. And I've titled this for this morning, A Promise Fulfilled. So we read, From Paphos, Paul and his companion sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga they went on to Pisidia, Antioch. On a Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. Now from that reading, I want you to notice, first of all, that they read from the law and the prophets. See, on the Sabbath, Paul and Barnabas went into the synagogue at Pisidia Antioch. And Antioch is it's in modern-day Turkey. And there they sat down, and they sat down as part of the congregation. And the service began, and passages were read from what we know as the Old Testament. And among them, there would have been references to the promised Messiah. Towards the end of the service, the leaders of the synagogue asked the two visitors if they had any news to share that might encourage the congregation and that might lift their spirits. You know, we all need encouragement. We all need our spirits lifting. But what a what greater message of encouragement could Paul have for them other than to tell them that the promise that they'd just been reading about, the promise that they had been waiting for, has come. And it's been delivered and delivered to them. For them, the wait is over. The promise is now yours to take hold of. What an invitation. Paul must have been bursting at the seams to share this message. Remember, he's probably feeling discouraged because of John Mark going home. But he has this enthusiasm now. For the gospel and in verse 13 through to 16 we read standing up paul motioned with his hand and said fellow israelites and you gentiles who worship god listen to me you see paul makes it clear to them at the outset that what he has to say is for all of them no one is to feel left out there would have been a few there who were not born Jews, who probably would have been made to feel a little bit lower than those who were born Jews. Sometimes we can get that, can't we, in a congregation. In that congregation, there would have been Jews by birth and Gentiles who had been converted to Judaism. And what Paul was about to say was for all and none should feel excluded. It is God who has called them to worship. So he's saying, you must listen to what I have to say. 
And what I have to say is about what God wants you to know. Now, Paul is going to conclude by telling them that Jesus is the promised one. And he will hint to this as he goes through what he has to say. The promised one who they have been waiting for. This promise is for everyone. But before he tells them about it, he's going to show them the evidence, the evidence for what he is about to say. So, where will this evidence come from? Well, Paul starts with what they already know. The law and the prophets, the scriptures, the scriptures that they have been reading from this very morning. And no, he didn't read them all. And you'll be pleased to know that we're not going to read them all this morning. You know, it would take you about 16 hours to sit down in one go to read through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy and Joshua. But what we're going to do, we're going to go to verse 17 through 20 and we're going to go with Paul and we're going to walk through the scriptures. The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt with mighty power. He led them out of that country. For about 40 years, he endured their conduct in the wilderness. And he overthrew seven nations in Canaan, giving their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. You see, what Paul is doing here, he's telling them how God in the past had chosen them, how God had made the nation prosper, how God had freed them from slavery in Egypt. And Paul reminded them of how God was patient with them as he led them into the promised land, Canaan. You see, it was God who put up with their disobedience. It was God who stayed faithful to them when they had been unfaithful to him. And then in verse 21 through to 22, we're covering here the period of judges and kings and prophets. Now we can go to our Bibles and we can read these things. And Paul says this, he says, Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled for 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. You see, Paul is saying to them, this is about our ancestors. It is about the promise, the promise that was given to them by God. The promise is also for you. And this promise has now been fulfilled. So he continues in our Bibles, we have it in 23 through to 25. And what he's going to do now, he's going to bring them recent news. He's going to bring them up to date. He says, from this man's descendants, that is David he's speaking about here, God has brought to Israel the Saviour Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you suppose I am? I'm not the one you are looking for. In other words, he's saying, I'm not the promised one. But then he goes on, But there is one coming after me, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. 
Now, these people who are away, and they're in, as we know, is modern-day Turkey. And news wouldn't travel very fast, not like it does today. But the people might have heard about John the Baptist. And they might have heard that he had come with a message of repentance. This was happening in their lifetime. This is modern news. And some might have heard of Jesus, who had also come in their lifetime, and he'd come with a message of salvation. So Paul goes on in verse 26 through to 32, and Paul brings them up to date with what has happened in Jerusalem. He says, Fellow children of Abraham, and you God-fearing Gentiles, it's to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Remember, Paul is in the synagogue. Remember, this is the Sabbath day. And remember, these people have been reading these very passages. And he goes on. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had travelled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now... Now, i just pause for a moment, because we need to remember, Paul is now speaking to them in real time. This is what has been happening in their life. And he says of those who have seen the risen Jesus, they are now his witnesses to our people. And for many days he was seen by those who had travelled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. And we tell you the good news, what God promised our ancestors. What Paul is saying is, look, this is for you, you who are here this morning, your God-fearing Jews and Gentiles, don't make the mistakes that others like you have made. Don't be like the people in Jerusalem who ignored this evidence. You see, they didn't recognize him as the promised one. They condemned him and they killed him. And Paul probably said, you're thinking that his death was bad news. Well, it wasn't. Here is the good news. God raised him from the dead. So let me remind you of what the scriptures said about this. So Paul goes on in verse 33. He, this is Jesus, or this is God. He has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus, as it is written in the second psalm, you are my son, today I have become your father. And Paul here is quoting from Psalm 2 verse 7. These people would have been familiar with these words. Maybe they even read them out loud this morning before Paul stood up to speak. That psalm says, I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son, today I have become your father. Well, back to chapter 13, verse 34. God raised him from the dead so that he will never be subject to decay. As God said, I will give you the holy and secure blessings promised to David. So here's the evidence. Paul is quoting Isaiah 53, verse 3, where it said, 
Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant that is a promise with you. My faithful love promised to David. So, let's read on in verse 35 through to 37 of our chapter. So, it is also stated elsewhere, you will not let your Holy One see decay. Now, when David has served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. You see, Paul is referring here to another psalm. Psalm 16, verse 10. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. So let's go on and hear what Paul says in verse 38 to 39 after he's presented this evidence. He says, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. So we're coming now to the application for them after they've heard all this. And it's an application for us as well. And we have that word, therefore. You know, what he's going to say next is based on everything he's just said. He says, therefore, dear friends, forgiveness of your, dear friends, forgiveness for your sins is through Jesus and then he says, he's saying through Jesus, everyone who sins can be made right with God. And this is something that the law could not do. So this good news message that Paul brought to those people in that synagogue in the land that we now know as Turkey, all those years ago, is the same good news message that Paul has brought to us here this morning. This is the good news that Paul never changed as he travelled on his journey around the then known world. Because it's true. This is the message, the same message that Peter preached. And listen to what Peter said in Acts 10 verse 43. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. How? Through his name. So, as we finish this morning, this is the message that we have heard this morning. Whether we're actually in church this morning or whether we're at home listening to this. And the final question is that I will leave with you this morning to consider how will you respond to the good news? What good news? That God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the truth is, Christ died for you. Will you accept the salvation he offers? Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for those words of Paul, so true. They have not changed as they've travelled down the years 
the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our Father, we know that it is by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we ask that this morning you might work in our hearts. If we know the good news and have accepted you, let us be encouraged as Paul himself, as well as encouraging those people, he himself would have been encouraged by the words that he spoke. And our Father, if we don't know the good news, or if we do know it but have never accepted you as our Saviour, Father, we ask that you will lead us towards you, that we might come in repentance and take the acceptance that you offer. Freedom from sin, freedom from the wrath of God, and an eternity with him. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.